Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. And again, it doesn't matter pretty much what version of the Bible you look at. Pretty much they word it all the same. In the beginning, God. Now there is no doubt that 2020 was a year no, like no other. How many of are just saying happy to say goodbye to, uh, just happy you're not in 2020, but, but it was a year like no other. And, you know, if we're honest, 2021 is looking to be just as interesting. Uh, it really is. Uh, but we live in a world where change comes and it comes at us fast and furious. It really does. And with all that's changing, I want to begin 2021. With all that's changing in our world, I want to begin 2021 with something that does not change. In the beginning, God. In the book of Malachi, or if you're Italian, the book of Malici, It says this, Malachi 3, verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, I change not. For I am the Lord, I change not. And know this today, your, your circumstances may change, your financial situation may change, your relationships may change, you may change. But whatever change has happened to you and what maybe whatever change is happening to you even right now whatever changes has happened whatever change is happening whatever change might happen during the course of 2021 in the midst of it all I want to remind you today that the God of the Bible says I change not no matter what changes in your life, the God of the Bible says, I change not. Matthew Henry, who wrote a commentary of the Bible, a very well-known commentary, he, he says this, whatever you do, begin with God. That's our starting point. Whatever you do, begin with God. And so I want to remind you today, I want to give you three things to, that just reminds us of who God is, who this unchanging God is. Number one, God is eternal. This unchanging God that we worship, this unchanging God that we're singing songs, we're not just, again, doing a service. We, we, we are here today to encounter God. We're here uh, today to give Him our worship because He is worthy of all honor. Come on, somebody. He's worthy of all honor, all glory, and all praise. We are not here to sing songs. We are here because He is worthy of our whole life. He gave everything for us. How can we hold back anything for him or from him? So I want to remind us today, this unchanging God, God is eternal. That means what? That means he never had a beginning and he never has an end. He is eternal, infinite, 
and limitless. A.W. Tozer, the great writer, said this, Whatever God is, whatever God is, He is infinitely. Infinitely. He changes not. A.W. Pink said this, God cannot change for the better, for He is perfect. And being perfect, He cannot change for the worst. He changes not. He is the unchanging, eternal, infinite, and limitless God. Psalm 90 verse 2 says this, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Understand this, God never becomes. God never becomes. God is. God is. God, he never becomes. God is. Friend, I want to tell you today, the God of the, the, God of the Bible, the God of the Scriptures is not the great I was. The God of the Scriptures is the great I am. He is the great I am. And because he is the great I am, that means he is here. Because he is the eternal God, he, I am here. He is the God who is here. Which means what? Which means he is present. I am here, which leads me to my second point. Number two, God is present. In theological terms, we, we say he's omnipresent. Omni meaning all. God is all present. Which simply means this, there is no place that he is not. Friend, there's no situation, no struggle, no, no, no area. There is no place which he is not. Which also means there is no place that you are that he is not. There's nothing that you're going through or there's nothing that you're struggling with or there's nothing that, that, that he does not understand you. You, you. you need to hear me today. There is no place that he is not, which means there is no place that you are that he is not, which means he's near. God is near you. Henry Amiel said this, from every point on earth, we are equally near to heaven and the infinite. In Psalm 139, David asked two questions of the Lord. He says in Psalm 139, verse 7, he says, Where, where can I go from your spirit? And then he asked, Where can I flee from your presence? And he, he answers his own questions. He says, If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. Again, I just want to remind you, it doesn't matter how dark life gets, he can see you in it. It doesn't matter what you're going through or how black or how dark or how, 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 how difficult life gets. He 
It's near. He is the God who is all present. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And so God is saying through his word, I am near. This is not Pastor Adam making it up so you can feel better. This is what his word tells us. Where can we go from your spirit? There is no place. God is all present. God is saying through his word, I am near. And so you might be struggling today. You might be battling today with, with changes and challenges, with, with trials and temptations. You might be going through different things and walking, walking through different struggles. But know this, God's word says in Psalm 34 verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. You might have areas of your life that are broken. You might have areas of your life that need, need repair. You might have areas of your life that you, 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 you need God to, to sort out. But I want to tell you, the Bible says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. In another version, it says he's close. God is close. And of course, one might ask, Pastor, how can, we, how can we feel sometimes like we're far away from God? How can we, if God is near, if God is everywhere, how can we feel sometimes like, like God, you are far away, like we are far from God? If God is near, why, why do sometimes we feel like that? And let me give you this illustration, which I've given over the years. I don't know if it, the illustration answers the question fully, but it has certainly helped me, and I pray as I share it, it will help, it will help you. But you see, I can drive to the mall. I can be surrounded. I, I mean, again, just before Christmas, I mean, I try and avoid the mall. But, I mean, it's packed, right? People are, uh, people are there. So you can go to the mall, and you can be, near people you can be physically near people you can be geographically near people but it doesn't mean you're close to them it doesn't mean you're near because you, you can be close to someone physically you can be close to someone geographically but be relationally far away you can be relationally far away at the same time Anita and I have you know, been in ministry for a long time, and so we've got friends as we've traveled and been missionaries and so on. We've got friends and people that we know all over the world. And so before Christmas, we're getting messages and uh, texts from different people from different countries who we've met. And it's, it's amazing, even though we're geographically separated, even though we're not physically near, relationally, when they text, it's like family. It's like we're close, we're, we're we, 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 there is a nearness of heart right there. Because you can be in the mall surrounded by people, yet be relationally far apart, far away. And that's why I'm just going to right now, just as we begin this year, give a, a pump for connect groups. 
Because you can be in an environment like this where we end up having three services on a Sunday where you don't know, you can, you can sort of be physically near someone, you can, you can be geographically near someone, you can bump into someone and say hi, bye, see you next week and still not relationally know them. That's why connect groups are so powerful. Turn, turn, turn to the person next to you and go, that's why you should be in a connect group. Come on. It's why we should connect with one another. It's why we should do relationship with one another. Because you can come to this every Sunday and be here for a year and still not know anybody. But as you get into a connect group, it enables you to do relationship and life with one another. And I want to tell you, it can be life-changing. Not only life-changing, it can save a life. Because I know there's been people who have been desperate and people who have been, you know, at places in their life so broken where, like in here, it's hard to talk about the deep things. It's hard to say, I'm, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. It's kind of awkward in a big meeting like this. But there are places when we do life intimately, uh, intimately with one another where we can share those, hey, this is my struggle. And a group of people can take a moment and say, let's pray for this brother. Let's pray for this sister. Let's believe God for something to change and shift and move. So what I'm saying here is that God is present everywhere. There's no place that God is not. The universe cannot even contain Him. Yet our struggle often is that God is near geographically, but we are far away relationally. For He will never leave or forsake us, but we, He's always faithful, even when we are faithless. But relationally, we can be far away. God is near. God is everywhere. But relationally, we can be far away. So what do we do? The scripture tells us in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, draw near to God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And so as we enter into 2021, I, I'm really just praying that this would be the year of drawing near. This would be the, 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 the we'd just make this a year. God, that's where I'm going to draw near. I understand, God, you are everywhere. I understand you are, uh, you are near, but I am going to relationally draw near to you. And how do we do that? Psalm 145 verse 16 tells us, and it says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. So I want to encourage you in these days, in this year, especially as we begin the year, be, be, begin as you mean to continue. Because can, can, I, can I just say, it's not how we begin things, it's how we end things that matters. People can begin a race, but if you don't run to the end, we're in a race to, to, to win, to bring glory to his name. But can I encourage you to begin this year with, with, with a call? And I know it's, sometimes we're coming back dur during worship. Allow God to use your voice and to say, God, I love you. I worship you. Don't worry about the person behind you. They're probably just as nervous as you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Let, let, let praise come forth from your mouth. Let, begin to call on him and say, God, I need you. I desire you. The Lord is near to all who call on him. Call on him. The reality is, though, that sometimes our sin and shame 
our mishaps and mess-ups keep us from calling, keep us from seeking. We like Adam and Eve in the Genesis garden. We, we, we hide our nakedness from God thinking, God, you would not love me. If you really knew me, you would not love me. God, if you really knew the real me, and I, I just want to say the truth is, my friend, the truth is, and I want to remind you today, is that he does know you. He does know you. That's number three. Number one, God is eternal. Number two, God is present, all present. Number three, God is knowing. Do you know that God is a know-it-all? He really is. He's a know-it-all. He knows it all. And see, theological terms, we say he's omniscient, which means God is all-knowing. And listen, this is such a big Subject theologically, philosophically, soteriologically, logically. I mean, this is such a huge, huge area to understand. I, I, I hope during the course of this year to start talking about these things and dig a little deeper so we can get an understanding of the bigness of this. But for today, I just want to remind you, as he knows you. He knows you, and because he knows you, there's no need to hide. There's no need to hide. Psalm 139 verse 1 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit. You know when I'm frustrated. You know when I hurt. You know when I'm in pain. You know when I struggle. You know when I've been tempted. You've known when I've failed. You've known when I've given in to temptation. You, You know me. You know me, God. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You know when I've nailed it. You know when I've got it right. You know when I've got it wrong. You know me when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You know when I'm moving in pride. You know when I'm thinking I'm somebody I shouldn't be thinking. You, you, and you know when I've got my motives right and when I'm doing the right thing for the right reasons at the right time. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You can see when my attitude stinks. You can see when it's good. You discern my going out and my lying down. It says you are familiar with all my ways. The reality is this room is full of people. We are not familiar with one another. We, we, we know certain things about, about each other. But we're not familiar with each other. When, when you get married, you, you, you become familiar. Slowly you get to understand there'll be certain things, there'll be certain things as your family grows up, you become familiar with certain habits or things. I mean, Anita will be able to tell you that, that there are things that, that maybe I do that might be annoying to her. I can't think of what because I'm so amazing. That's probably one of them. Um, but, but there'll be things that we do, like every house has got a loud chewer, right? Every house has got a, they, they, you just didn't know, that just person who chomps and doesn't close their mouth. Come on, who is it in your house? I mean, it's just, you, you've got, the, as you spend time and get close, you become familiar 
with people's issues. You become familiar. Again, you, you, you hang around me, Pastor Adam, and you will realize I'm a human being. Yeah, I know. I, I have normal struggles. I have normal temptations. I have normal just battles like, like you do. Don't look at me like that. You've all got issues. We're human, but as we spend time, as we get to know one another, as we get close, we get familiar. God is saying, I'm familiar with you. I know you. I, I, I know, your, I, I know your, 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 how you sit, how you rise, how you sleep. I know you. I know your habits. I know your, the, the things that you think. I know your struggles. I know your battles. I, I'm familiar with you. There is nothing that's a surprise to him. He doesn't go, oh, I didn't know that. He's familiar with you. You're familiar with all my ways. The good, the bad, and the outright ugly. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Then why didn't you stop me saying it? Come on. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. God knows everything. So that means simply this. You and I can be real with him. I can go to him with all my questions and concerns, with all my worries and cares, with all my heartache and my pain, with all my dreams and desires. I, I can seek him about my future. And today, these three things, these are only just a small and tiny snippet of who this unchanging, ever-present, all-knowing God is. As Thomas Brooks said, there is infinitely more in God than the tongues of men or angels can express. The truth is we can find God, but we can never fathom Him. So great is He. In fact, that God... A God who we can fully comprehend as human beings is really no God at all. We can find him but never fathom him. If you would ask the question today, but what, pastor? What does the unchanging, limitless, infinite, eternal, ever-present, all-knowing God look like if I, if I could see him, what, what, what does he look like? Well, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In Colossians 1, verse 15, it tells us Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews 1, verse 13, it tells us that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And so if you want a picture of what the unchanging, eternal, ever-present, all-knowing God is like, if you want a picture, if you want to be able to see him, I want to tell you, look at Jesus. For Jesus Christ, God's love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, God giveth, giveth, and giveth again. And I'm really just saying in the, uh, this 
first meeting of this service for the year, all I'm really saying is in this ever-changing world, you can trust in an unchanging God. In this ever-changing world, you can trust in this unchanging God. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, it tells us of Christ. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I am, he's not the great I was, he is the great I am. He is eternal. I am here. He's the God who is present. I am near. And he's the God who knows you. I know you. And so the question today, we understand the fact that he knows us. But the question I must ask is, do you know him? Because friends, here's, here's what you've got to understand. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. But if you know God, you will know peace. No God, no peace. But if you know God, you will know true peace. Do you know him today? The keyboard can come. Maybe... This is a question to you who are watching online, wherever you are in the world. Maybe it's not even today. Maybe it could be five years from now. I'm asking this question to you. He knows you, but do you know him? Wherever you are, wherever you're seated here in the auditorium, in your lounge room, can I get you to bow your head for a moment? You know the state of your heart. You know your life. Maybe you've come here today and you, you've never given your life to Christ. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that gives you and allows you an opportunity to say yes to him. So it, it's really a prayer that's saying, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. Like I said, you might be here and you might go, but Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. I've got to sort my life out. I've got to get my life sort of friend. Let me remind you, the gospel is not about you. The gospel is what Christ has done. It's not about what you have done. It's not about how bad you have been. It's about good. The good that he has done. You can know him today. I don't care whether you're successful in business. I don't care whether you've got a great job. I don't care... What, where life finds you. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God.
doesn't matter how fancy we are. God doesn't need anybody, but everybody needs God. Would you give your life to Him today? If you're here and you're saying, I want to know God, I, I, I want to know Him. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up and say, would you include me in the prayer that you're going to pray? I'm going to pray a prayer. If you're saying, man, I want to be included in that prayer, I'm going to get you to just put your hand up and just say, and as you do that, you're, you're really saying, Pastor, yeah, I'm, I need to get right with God here today. I need to know Him today. I don't know everybody's situation here. Maybe, maybe you've known what it is to walk with God, but you've, you've, you've walked away. Maybe here is your first time back at church after a long time. I don't know. You just know you need to get right with Him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, and you're saying, yep, that's, that, that's me, Pastor. I, I need to get right with God. Wherever you're sitting, would you just put your hand up? You're just saying, I want to be included in that prayer. You just know you need to get right. Thank you. Anywhere else. It's time to, to, to get right with God. Just nice and high. Thank you in the middle here. Anywhere else. Over to the side here. Anywhere else. You just know you need to. Nice and high in the air. No one's looking around. Thank you. Anywhere, anywhere else. You know you need to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you down the back. Hallelujah. Slip those hands down. If you're here today and you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't, whatever it is, fear of man, whatever, you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't, just slip it up now and just say, that's me. That's me, Pastor. I don't want, to, I don't want anyone missing out on an opportunity to get right with God. Just put it up nice and high so I can see it. Hallelujah. Let's pray this prayer all together. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I repent of my sin and I turn towards you. God, help me to follow you all the days of my life. This I ask. In Jesus' name. Friend, I want to tell you, that prayer is not the beginning. It is not the end. It is the beginning of your journey. It's the beginning of saying yes to God, saying, God, let me live my life for you. The Bible calls it being born again. Allow God to work in your spirit and follow him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Church, can we put our hands together for those who said yes to Jesus? would you stand and I just want to encourage you if you need prayer for anything at the end of the service there will be a team over to your uh, right I think it is or to your left to your left and uh, they will be happy to pray with you and for you for anything big or or small but I want to end this service with a benediction a benediction from scripture I want to speak something over your 2021. And these are not my words. These are the words of Scripture. 
The word benediction just means an utterance of blessing. That's all it means, a fancy word for meaning I'm going to utter a blessing over you. Bow your heads, stretch out your hand. And let me speak this from Hebrews 13, verse 20. It says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with every good thing. May he equip you today with every good thing to do his will. In this 2021, may He equip you with every good thing to enable you to do His will in 2021. And may He accomplish in you, may He accomplish in us what is pleasing, not to us, but what is pleasing in His sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. And everybody said, which means so be it. Turn to the person next to you, point to them, say, bless your 2021.